0: Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. Welcome to See You Uncovered. Today joining us is Maya Mean, a scholar and a champion wrestler. At the young age of 25, Miles has already accomplished quite a bit. He's an Olympic bronze medalist, a five-time NCAA All-American former wrestler at the University of Michigan. In 2020, Miles won the bronze medal for the country of San Marino at the Olympics in Tokyo. Miles' career is one of many firsts. Most notably, Miles became the first five-time wrestler All-American at the first San Marino gold medalist at the European Wrestling Championship. After earning a graduate's degree at the Business of Michigan, Miles is now training for the next Summer Olympics in Paris. And today we have on Miles. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> with an intro like that, you know, it's kind of an ego boost. I gotta, might have to practice some humility this. <laughs>
0: Where are you at right now?
1: Uh, I'm currently uh, in Philadelphia, actually visiting my girlfriend. Uh, she lives here, but I, uh, I reside in Ann Arbor, so uh, that's still home for me training there for the, the next Olympics.
0: How's the training been going?
1: Uh, it's been going really well. Uh, yeah, just um, finished up uh, a training cycle. I was overseas doing some training, some competition. So I, I actually just got back to state side a couple of days ago, but I was over there for like three weeks kind of preparing for this year's uh, first Olympic qualifier.
0: Wow, that's impressive. So I always start by asking, it's a pretty loaded question, who is Miles?
1: So I, I come from a, I guess, you know, to know me, uh, I think it, it does, uh, I guess I would, you know, be a disservice to not talk about my my family background, um, because a lot of who I am is is kind of those that came before me. Um, so I come from, a. as far as an athlete, I come from a generation of uh, wrestlers. My, my grandfather was actually, uh, he beat me to the punch. He was an Olympian for Lebanon, the country of Lebanon, back in 1960. And then my father and uh, my uncle both wrestled at the University of Michigan. He raised them to be wrestlers. So they they were wrestlers at Michigan. My dad was an NCAA finalist. Um, and then now I have an older cousin and brother that were at the program, a uh, at Michigan before me and a younger cousin there now. So as far as wrestling, uh, we have some, some deep heritage and family lineage. It's kind of in our blood, we like to say. And then interesting enough, my mom's side, That's where, you know, I represent the country of San Marino um, because my my grandfather, is 100% San Rene's and it's a small independent republic in Italy. For those who don't know, I think for those listening to the podcast, we're probably going to go look up San Marino (laughs) after this because it's a country of 30,000 people. And so I represent, you know, San Marino to, you know, kind of bring pride to my mom's side lineage. She was um, always very proud of her San Rene's heritage and I was born with citizenship, so Yeah, that's, and then I guess finally, just like mentality, you know, my, the way my parents raised me and whatnot is just to be, you know, hardworking and humble, you know, I was always, and I think that that is why I found myself at Michigan was because, you know, just being a Michigan man really related with me. And so I I try to, you know, keep all those values in mind uh, with the way I live my life, you know, just hardworking and humble, you know, being, you know, valuing education, valuing sport
0: so a lot of your family members were wrestlers how did that motivate you were you trying to compete or do you just want to do that because of it
1: i think i found my way into the sport by nature of, of it being a, a family tradition but the reason i stayed in the sport was was just because of wrestling itself rather than um you know my family being involved in it i think i again i resonated just with Um, the values that wrestling brought. You know, it's not necessarily the most glamorous sport, but as far as what you learn and what what you get out of it, I think if you do the right things, you know, it can set you up for the rest of your life. Just the way that people like to say, like, wrestling is not not a fun sport, but, you know, it's very rewarding, you know, when you get your hand raised because of all the hard work and determination, perseverance. I think some of the traits that we've lost a little bit as a society, you know, we kind of, like... I think, in, in my personal opinion, we kind of uh, really like to highlight like the the flashiness and the you know like the loudest. But I think wrestling is it kind of really like grounds in those those traditional values of like just kind of hardworking nose down and you know just perseverance determination. Like I said, all those. So that's why I stuck with it. I think I just I really related to those things.
0: You were the 2020 Olympic bronze medalist. What did that mean to you and Having to compete for San Marino, how special was that?
1: It was a, an experience I think I can never forget. Um, once in a lifetime, just being over there in Tokyo, you know, on the other side of the world. As soon as I got there, I could feel there was a different perspective that immediately kind of sprouted, you know, within me that, like, wow, <laughs> I'm actually here and this is the Olympics. And, um, you know, to win a medal there, uh, I was also, I had the, a great honor of being the flag bearer for san marino uh like i said small country so you know we, we uh in that case i think that i got lucky with that one but winning a medal uh was just you know a dream come true all the you know the waiting i had to do for covid and i, I had to stay ready for that and then you know kind of still having to have that same ambition that same fire going into that and winning a medal like i said just it was kind of the cherry on top because the experience itself was, was the, the whole cake, but it was, it was pretty cool.
0: And how did that experience help you coming back to wrestle for Michigan?
1: Great question. <laughs> um, it was something that I knew before going to the Olympics. I had privately talked with the head coach of Michigan Chum on about that I was going to come back regardless of the outcome um, of the Olympics. And I think, that's something that you know. College wrestling is is one of a kind, even compared. To, I've wrestled on a world stage now for a couple of years, and there's a different dynamic of college wrestling. Just being associated with, you know, like for example, like our rivalry with Ohio State, Michigan rivalry. Like when you go to those matches, there's five, six thousand people, and you don't necessarily get that in, in, in the sport of wrestling. But in college wrestling, it's it's kind of that's the norm, uh, especially the NCAA tournament. You get twenty thousand people, so. I looked at it and I was like, you know, I kind of, I felt an obligation, not only to those around me, like, you know, my immediate family, my my teammates, my friends, but also just the, the fan base of Michigan. You know, I knew that that was something that if I didn't come back to college wrestling after the Olympics, like, you know, I think everybody would have been okay with it, except for me. I, I knew that, you know, that would bring a different fire to Michigan wrestling, you know, having my, myself back in the lineup and it was kind of like once I announced that I was coming back, I was talking with some of my teammates that uh, were in the same class as me, the, um, or incoming class, and they they decided to come back as well. So we, we kind of turned a team that was probably going to be, you know, a top 10, top five finisher to a team that was going to make a run at the national title. And so that was what really made it special, was just the, the team aspect and the Michigan aspect. Yeah.
0: You've called yourself the grandfather of the Michigan team. What leadership role did you take on?
1: So it was interesting. Um, When I came back, I I felt like the captain role really wasn't even fitting for me anymore. Uh, Just because when you think of a team captain, you think of a guy that holds his teammates accountable and kind of on and off the mat. But for me, I felt weird even kind of going around some of the guys at that point because I was like 25 years old, you know, and we had some incoming freshmen that were 18 and as a captain, right, you're supposed to be hanging out at the wrestling house, like, you know, kind of guiding all those guys. But I knew that not only would that be weird for me, but it would just be kind of, uh, I guess unjust for the guys to have to to deal with me as a 25 year old versus somebody that's 21 or 22 years old. And, um, you know, a little bit, they can relate a little bit more to them. So my role was more, uh, what I ended up taking on was more of a, I guess the the grandfather term is a funny one, but more of like an overseer. You know, I I was a consultant for the captains myself and a couple of the guys that were seventh year seniors really kind of guided the captains to to say, Hey, we've been in your shoes before. Like, here's how I would handle the situation with, you know, some of the younger guys and whatnot, and a, a little bit more hands off, but Again, just, just more of the, the wisdom, passing down the wisdom versus being the one to give the wisdom or you know, to give the advice, to give the I guess sometimes it's not about advice, sometimes it's about the the discipline, right, or the reprimanding. Um so really we kind of took on more of like a an old wise guy role <laughs> that, you know, sits in the rocking chair and kind of stands over hands over the wisdom.
0: What are your thoughts on the NCAA changing its rule? to allow athletes to profit now off their name, image, and likeness?
1: I'm all for it, you know, being somebody that I, I went most of my college career without really having any any benefit of uh, profiting off of name, image, and likeness. And also just the benefit of, I guess, getting paid to do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the, the scholarship aspect is, is something that you can't take for granted because, you know, a lot of people graduate with student loans and that was something that i was very fortunate to not have to deal with because of you know the sport of wrestling but you look at you know just just the the type of not only just money generated from you know sporting events especially your big ones like football and basketball but um just the publicity and kind of the image that it brings to universities um and i think that there there has to be some sort of if it's not monetary some sort of you know, compensation for the athletes that are really out there on the field. I love the the quote about the man in the arena. You know, it's it, one of the ones that I've hung up on my wall, but just because it's very, it's a very, you know, challenging thing to do every day to step on that field or the mat or, you know, whatever your, your sport of play or field of play is in your sport. And, um, to do that while being a student, uh, on top of it, I think that, it's not really crazy to say that, you know, there should be some sort of (laughs) of reward for those athletes doing that day in and day out.
0: How do you see the new change making an impact on athletes' decisions, either to go pro or go to the Olympics or stay in college?
1: So, I mean, I can think of one that's kind of blew my mind recently, which was, um, I think it was Blake Corum just recently decided he's going to come back to Michigan. And I think, uh, you, you see that that's probably a decision that he's <laughs> he's not going to make if there's no NIL, you know, behind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Michigan and behind uh, Michigan football, um, just because, you know, it's, it's not even about the money at that point, but it's just like, you know, about making a rational decision and saying if I'm, you know, I'm injured right now, this might be my only chance, right, to go and, and make money and, and start my career. So I think um, I've seen it change the dynamic of college sport a decent amount while i was there last year uh, i saw i guess on campus just a lot of of, like promoting marketing and then you know i was fortunate enough to be a part of a few nil deals so it really just benefited me in every way i think that for my personal example there hasn't been any sort of um, negative effects for it but i can also see that yeah, there's the wild, wild west kind of is, is how it is right now. So there could be negative effects. But in my personal experience, I haven't seen them so far.
0: So you're now training for the Olympics in Paris, and you also just graduated with a business degree. How are you balancing both? And where do you see your career, let's say, in five years?
1: So my my kind of timeline, my rough timeline for right now is, is the – you know train my hardest and get everything i want to out of the the paris olympics in 2024 and then i want to kind of transition to use my degree uh which is was a business degree and i, I kind of had an emphasis on finance and that's where my interests are so um in five years i definitely want to start to to be working and I, i'm i feel like uh you know wrestling's kind of taught me to be very entrepreneurial so i see myself not necessarily going down the traditional path but to try to explore some more uh, entrepreneurial options and you know kind of be a self-starter that's just always how i've been so i think that that's what's been so easy about this whole um process of kind of going down the untraditional path like i i graduated in 2020 from ross ross school of business and saw a lot of my classmates you know go right into you know some pretty good entry-level jobs and kind of starting to work their way up now and as much as I've had some people say, um, you know, don't you feel like you're going to be behind? But for me, I just feel like, you know, with with the way my plan is working out is it's like exactly where I want it to be. It's it's just, it's unconventional. and, And ultimately, I feel like that's what you have to do if you want to do something, you know, great is you kind of have to break away. So exactly where I'm going to be in five years, I'm not really sure. But again, just, I know that, you know, wrestling will probably come to an end at a point in time. And when that does, I want to take, that same energy and wrestling into the business world and, uh, you know, do some great things.
0: What advice, and you kind of touched on it, do you have for athletes who are trying to break into the business world and start a career?
1: I think aligning yourself with the right mentors is something I can't uh, stress enough. Uh, right now I have some, some pretty good mentors in place. You know, I, I, like for example, I'm really interested in, in trading, uh, day trading and, and, finance. And, you know, I've, I've had to, great opportunity of, of you know, the, a door open where, um, you know, somebody who's really high level um, in that field uh, reached out to me and, you know, I immediately clung on to that and said, you know, this door might not open again. So even though, you know, I'm wrestling right now, I, f- I found some time, you know, made some time in my schedule to, to be kind of the mentee and, um, you know, just learn more about that field and, and hopefully hang on to that, that mentor for a long time. So that, you know, I think, we try to do like as as athletes, one thing that uh, we can kind of get caught up in, right? And this is where it kind of contradicts business is we like to kind of be self sufficient, self motivated, and do things on our own. But really, business is a lot about connections and finding the right connections, and really kind of really running with those synergies, right? When when you find them, so you know you kind of have to work as a collective a lot of the time, and and find the right people, surround yourself with the right people. So th- that my biggest advice would be, yeah, just to even if you know, hey, my sport's gonna—you know—I'm a freshman in college. I'm gonna be in this sport for the next three, four years. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still, you know, find those connections early on and, and entertain them to the point to see if. A lot of the times, people are willing to work around your schedule and willing to, you know, kind of help you along the way, whether or not you're working with them. Um, so that when you do get done, you know, you're not just like, "What's next?" You kind of have a plan and and something, you know, lined up.
0: Our podcast is geared towards high school students and it goes hand in hand with our course, Create Every Opportunity, that teaches high school students financial literacy and entrepreneurship. In your opinion, how important now is it to learn financial literacy within your career or personal life?
1: I'm so glad you asked that question because so my my parents, you know, I, I was very fortunate growing up that my parents were uh, both financial advisors. Um, you know, they worked in the wealth management sector. And um that was something that <laughs> even when I was probably five or six years old, we were we were going over, right? It was uh, you know, just like talking about taxes, talking about like, you know, just the the very basic math problems of like here's how taxes work, right? Like I, when I give you, you know, a dollar, I want 30 cents back at the end of the year, right? And so I, I think it's I can't stress enough. Like I think if you're if you don't understand financial literacy, you know. Then you'll never experience financial freedom, right? And I think that that comes with doing what you want to do. Um, even in the sport of wrestling for me right now is—is is I'm already thinking about like if I were to to retire, how would I, you know, what would be my next move, right? and would I be able to support myself, right? If I if I couldn't get up on my feet right away and and find a job, and so I think that it's so important to to understand. I think I was not really necessarily thinking about it as a freshman in high school, or even as a freshman in college, you know, it was in the back of my head from what my parents had taught me, but I wish that, you know, I'd start understanding sooner, um, you know, how important saving is and, and even more than saving, right. Like investing, understanding, investing in what 6% in compounded in 50 yeah. years, <laughs> what that can do for you. Right. So mm-hmm. it's crazy how, you know, there's so many financial tools out there that we have access to that you, you don't even, you know, you don't learn about in school and how that's really how generational wealth is built and how you can set yourself up to again, like, you know, be financially free one day. So, yeah, I I mean, if I had to put it at the importance level uh, for me right now, I'd say wrestling is number one. (laughs) And then very close second is, you know, like financial literacy. Like I'm constantly, um, you know, trying to update myself and and keep, you know, learning in that sector, because, you know, I, I think that you have to understand money. Otherwise, it's going to rule
0: your life, really. And that's kind of what we're trying to do in, now with the NIL, with college athletes. They're getting these lump sum amount of money and they don't know what to do with it or where to put it. And we see that to be a big issue. And I'm glad there's programs and mentors and people that are going to help these college athletes in this time in their life. When let's say they've never had money and they're getting this lump sum, it could be very overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a great point, too. I I would even extend it further to not only NIL, but if you look at a lot of pro athletes, right? When they sign their first contract, there's like some crazy statistic out there that like, you know, 70% or something like that, right? Um, End up losing that within the first five or 10 years after they retire, right? So, you know, just thinking about that, it's crazy to me that, you know, you can go through and you can play, you know, this sport and be so disciplined for so long. But then you, you lose that money, right? Like right away, like you're not disciplined with your money. And I, I think that the more that I learn about it, it's not about discipline. It's about knowledge, right? And lack of knowledge. And that's where your point, you know, you make a great point is like with NIL, right? If we, we don't put the right people in the right places to, to teach student athletes how to properly manage that money, then it's going to be the same statistic for college athletes or high school athletes, because you know, it seems like $10,000 is a lot of money, especially, you know, when I was in college, I thought a hundred dollars, right. was a lot of money. Um, So you you think about signing a $10,000 NIL deal, but it's crazy how quick that money can kind of vanish um, if you don't have the right resources around you to understand how to manage it. And so, you know, I I understand the hard thing is, is like, you know, when you're young, you don't really think about the implications of, of things and, you know, you're like, well, uh, I can worry about money when I'm older. But I think that your habits carry over from, you know, the same financial habits that you have as a college student. It's hard to break those habits. So it's, it's the earlier you can learn them. um, I think the more successful and the more financially literate you'll be in the long run.
0: Yeah. Who were role models for you growing up?
1: I think uh, one of my biggest role models was my dad. He was always, uh, you know, growing up, I remember he was you know, always the one that would, you know, getting his hands dirty, doing the work, uh, and I respected that out of him. And you know, I think as far as the sport of wrestling, uh, he accomplished some great things. But then he went on to lead a great career. Uh, like I said, he was in, he's in wealth management, but he's been you know in that field for thirty years. Uh, one thing that I, I have so much respect for is he just he's um, the epitome of loving what you do. He could have retired now. Uh, I think a couple of five, 10 years back, but he's, he's still going strong. And, and he wakes up every day kind of with a smile on his face. just ready to, to attack the day. So I have a lot of respect for just the way that he does things and carries himself. Um, and, you know, some of the lessons he taught me growing up, I think, you know, as probably a lot of kids will say about their parents, but you know, I didn't learn to appreciate until, you know, this point now. And I, I would also say another one of my, you know, my role model, is my mom. She was the one that kind of pushed me to be, you know, focused on academics and really trying to be the best student I could be. So I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been at Michigan. I wouldn't have got, been in business school if not for my mom, you know, kind of pushing me. And she always, she was actually a Michigan State alumni from their business oh, school. There we go. So, yeah, we have a house <laughs> divided <laughs> and, uh, and, and my sister as well. So but really, the boys were Michigan, the girls were Michigan State. And so, yeah, she really, you know, stayed on me to, you know, keep my grades up. And not only that, but to try to learn something out of, you know, everything I was doing in school and that, you know, no, nothing is even, I think sometimes I took for granted that I was on scholarship, that it was free, but like, right. That nothing is free that, you know, a lot of it is, this is what your <laughs> your wrestling and all that hard work is, is paying mm-hmm. for was at, at the time before NIL was, was my education. So ultimately to kind of focus on the brain more than the brawn part of it all. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that's really my two biggest mentors are my parents. And, you know, not a lot of people can say that. And I think that's why, you know, I am where I am just, you know, having great parents growing up and, you know, they just, they really, they really raised me on the right values kind of for tradition. So,
0: Lastly, if you could give a piece of advice to a high school or teenage version of yourself, what would you tell him today?
1: I think the biggest thing I would probably tell myself is just to take a deep breath and uh, not to take anything too seriously, right? Ultimately, I look back when I was a high schooler and I was so worried about (laughs) what was next and, you know, the, the getting all straight A's and, you know, winning, you know, everything I could in wrestling. But, you know, I would say just focus less on the results and more on the process. I guess that's the wrap up to it. Is I learned that when I can enjoy the process, and even when sometimes you know the process sucks, <laughs> uh, you know, in in school and in wrestling, I can I can really relate to this. And like the late nights of studying, or those grueling practices where you're laying on the ground and your coach is telling you, you know, one more go or one more sprint, and um, you know, loving those moments more than the results themselves um, i think that'll take you a lot farther in life and you know it kind of comes down to just creating the right habits i think we we're a very motivation driven society we're looking for things to motivate us but ultimately i found that you know the best results and the most success i've had has just come from the little daily habits that i have built up and it goes a long way. Just, just the little things, right. You know, consistently waking up at a certain time or consistently working out, consistently studying those things will trump the, the motivating, the one, you know, intense motivating day that you have any day of the week. So.
0: I love that. Well, thank you, Miles, for coming on and sharing your story. And I know everyone listening is going to be wishing you luck at the summer Olympics in Paris. And thank you again.
1: Awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.